Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, what up, No Nation? It's your guy, Kelvin Hunt, editor of ChopChat.com. Welcome to the Built for Playmakers YouTube channel. Uh, first of all, we're going to give a shout out to all of you guys for supporting the channel. We are approaching 2,100 subscribers in just over four months. And we have just surpassed 4,000 watch hours. So now we're eligible for Super Chat stickers, uh, all that good stuff. So if you're interested in supporting the channel, make sure you uh, contribute that way. Uh, everything you can do is appreciated. But without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get into it. We're going to discuss a false narrative from talking heads at ESPN and other networks that have been broadcasting about the Big Ten, SEC, and FSU. For whatever reason, there's a narrative of FSU playing a week's schedule, which is absolutely false, and I'm going to prove it in this video. So if you know me, if you read Chop Chat, you know I don't just talk. I back it up with logic and stats, meaningful stats. So if you want ammunition to combat your SEC or Big Ten buddies, screenshot this, take a picture, whatever, send it to them, share it on social media. Uh, none of this can be disputed. And we're going to go ahead and get into it. All right. So let me share my screen here. And hopefully you'll be able to see this. So what I did was I broke, I took FSU schedule, Michigan schedule, and Alabama schedule. Put every team that they played down, the ranking at the time that they played the game, wins, losses, and then F plus ranking. So F plus ranking is basically a combination of FEI and SB plus two advanced metrics combined. And so those two metrics take out garbage time. They account their opponent adjusted. So there's, you know, it's not, it's not like you're looking at total defense, which is a, a, a meaningless stat, you know, it accounts for opponents and garbage time and all that good stuff. And so we'll, we'll start with, with, FSU, right? So LSU was number five when they played them uh, first game of the year. LSU finished nine and three. Southern Mississippi went three and nine. They were number 117 in F plus. Boston College, six and six. They were number 82 in F plus. Clemson, eight and four. And they were number 23. A lot of people don't remember this, but Clemson was top 10 in the preseason. Clemson is now uh, ranked in the top 25. And uh, as they go into uh, the bowl game, Virginia Tech was six and six, and they were number 47 in F. Syracuse was six to six, number 70 at F. Duke was number 16 when FSU ran through them in the fourth quarter. They finished seven to five at number 29 F. Wake Forest, I tried to tell Dave Clawson it was going to be a wrap before the season started. Here we are. Four and eight, number 85 in F. Pittsburgh fell way the hell off. They were in my top three overrated teams on the preseason. Right about that. Three and nine at number 84. Miami, again, another season of offseason chance, seven and five, but they are, they were number 22 on F. Plus, so I did see an improvement there. North Alabama, FCS, uh, three and eight, and uh, no F. Plus ranking. Then Florida was five and seven, thanks to FSU. <laughs> no bow for you guys because of FSU. Florida was number 46 in F+. And then Louisville was number 14 whenever uh, FSU beat them with their third-string quarterback. Louisville was 10-3 and three and finished F+, at number 20. 
So a lot of people, you know, say Louisville was was trash, but number 20, I mean, better than the team that Texas beat in their conference game, which was uh, Oklahoma State, better than Iowa, who Michigan beat in their title game. So you look at it and you say, okay, well, wins and losses. FSU's opponents won 77 games. They lost 79 games. You say, okay, well, they're under 500. Yeah. But when you look at F-plus rankings, the average for the teams that FSU played is 53, right? So 53 is the average of all the teams that FSU played, aside from North Alabama, because they don't have a ranking for F-plus. So FSU played and beat seven top 50 teams in F-plus. Seven. Okay? All right. So keep that in mind. We're going to go to Michigan. Michigan played ECU first. I, look, I live in North Carolina. I went to an ECU game this year. My my niece is a cheerleader ECU. ECU is garbage. Finished 2-10 and 10 and number 111 in F+. UNLV, um, mind you, these are these are non-Power 5 schools that Michigan is playing in the first three weeks. UNLV went 9-5, number 60 F+. Bowling Green, 75, number 81 in F+. They finally play a P5 team, Rutgers, 6-6, six and six, number 54 at F+. Uh, Nebraska, 5-7, number 64 at F+. Minnesota, 5-7, number 72 in F+. Indiana, 3-9, number 86 in F+. Michigan State, 4-8, number 92 in F+. Oh, wait, Purdue is 4-8. Number 79 in F+. Then they finally get to Penn State. Penn State, so it's week 10 before Michigan plays a ranked team. 10 and 2, and then number 5 in F+. All right? Uh, Penn State's best win is Iowa. They beat Iowa 31-0. Of course, you know, Iowa has zero offense. They have a decent defense, but zero offense. But how good is that defense if they gave up 31 to Penn State? Hmm. Maryland is seven and five, and they are number 31 in F plus. Number two, Ohio State. They're 12 and one. Number four in F plus. But Ohio State's best win was Penn State. They beat Notre Dame, but Notre Dame was overrated. Penn State was Ohio State's best win. Okay. Then number 16, Iowa. They finished 10 and 3, and they were number 40 in F. So when you look at it, you say, oh, well, Michigan, their opponents had more wins than losses. You know, 84 wins, 76 losses. But the average rating for the FP plus uh, aspect of this is 60. So FSU's average in the F plus was 53, and Michigan's average on F plus was 60. Hmm. How about that? So Michigan has 13 wins. Nine of their 13 wins came against either non-P5 teams or teams with a losing record. And I'm not talking, I'm not talking six and six. I'm talking about losing record record. Excuse me. Five and seven, three and nine, four and eight. Look, they had one, 
two, three, four, five straight weeks where they played a team with a losing record or eventually with a, they finished with a losing record. Michigan is propped up by Penn State, Ohio State, and Iowa. Now, here's what you got to ask yourself. Michigan, you know, they were losing to TCU 51-38 with three minutes to go in the playoff game last year. Okay, they scored a late touchdown to make it look better than it was. But for whatever reason, Michigan is ranked in the top five in the preseason. So, of course, Michigan's ranked top five. They don't play anybody for their first 10 weeks. So, of course, they're not going to lose. So they're not going to drop Michigan, even though they're not playing anybody. Again, they don't play anybody ranked until week 10. So, mind you, whenever you play in these weak scrub teams, obviously you're blowing them out. And so because of that, your starters get the rest and your backups get to play more, which limits snaps, limits the probability of guys getting hurt. And plus, these teams are not really physical teams. So, again, you you, you have the luxury of probably keeping your starters you know, healthier, so to speak. So when you do get to Penn State, you're fresh. Unlike FSU, when they play LSU first game, then they play Clemson in week four. Those are two really physical teams in the first four weeks. So if you get banged up in those games, I don't know if you ever play football or not, but if you get banged up and you can and you have a game the following week, it's kind of hard to allow that injury to heal. Right. So not only did Michigan play a cupcake schedule, but they benefit of playing all of these soft teams and uh, being being fresh when they do play somebody that's, you know, decent. And again, Penn State's best win was, what did I say? Iowa, right? Then they play Ohio State. And mind you, Michigan is cheating or has been cheating in the past. That's why Jim Harbaugh suspended. But for whatever reason, we want to just throw that out the window. All right. So then we get over to, oh, and so then, I mean, one more thing. So FSU played seven teams and beat seven teams in the top 50 at plus. Michigan only played four teams in the top 50 at plus. So then we go over to Alabama. Alabama did play a, a, a more difficult schedule. Um, you could look at that um, just right off the top. They started out with Middle Tennessee State. They went four and eight. They were number 100 in F plus. Number 11, Texas, which they lost at home by 10 points. And Texas is number six in F plus. Florida was six and six, and they were number 108. Mind you, South Florida, that is. Mind you, it was, what, three to three or six three at halftime? Number 10, Ole Miss, 10 and two, number 17 in F plus. Michigan State went five and seven, number 69 in F plus. Texas A&M, seven and five, number 15 in F plus. Arkansas, four and eight, number 61 in F plus. Number 17, Tennessee. Now, mind you, Tennessee was ranked number 17 when they played. Eight and four, they're number 19 in that plus. LSU had dropped to number 14. It was a game until uh, Jalen Jaden Daniels got hurt. Of course, they go on Alabama wins that game. LSU again finished nine and three, number nine in that plus. Kentucky was seven and five, finished 36 in that plus. Chattanooga was eight and five, no F plus ranking. Of course, they're FCS. And then Auburn, six and six, and number 35 in F plus that Alabama needed a fourth and 31 miracle Hail Mary 
to win that game. And then, of course, they do knock off Georgia, who's 12 and 1, number three in that plus. So when you look at wins and losses, uh, Alabama does have 98 wins, 61 losses. And then the F plus average ranking for the teams that they play is 40. So 40 for Alabama. So that's tops. Michigan is uh, number 60 F plus. And then FSU is at number 53 in F plus. So, and so Alabama beat eight teams that were, uh, well, I'm sorry, they beat seven. They played eight, but they beat seven teams, it looks like. Let me see, let's count real quick. One, two, no, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. That's probably bad. Bad YouTubing. They seven top 50 F plus teams. The same number that FSU beat. Seven top 50 F plus teams. So when we're talking about differences in schedule, if you're just going at the average of F plus rankings, which accounts for, again, opponent adjustments and garbage time touchdowns taken out, FSU is at 53 F plus average. Alabama's at 40. Michigan's at 60. So for all the talk about Michigan having, you know, the number one FEI and all that good stuff, throw that trash out the window. How can you how can you play all of these back teams and have a tough schedule? You're propped up by three teams whose best wins are really not that great. Right? So when you're looking at it, yeah. FSU didn't play, you know, a ton of great teams, but they played a lot of teams that are you know, decent to good to pretty good. So over over that that sample, that means your margin for error is a bit smaller across the whole schedule. Whereas in Michigan, you only got to worry about you know basically three games. And again, you've played such a soft schedule in the first nine weeks that you're relatively fresh. And, you know, you can go into those games and um, and play everybody and not have to worry about too much. Right. Um, again, credit to Alabama. You know, they played some tough games. But again, it's still not that big of a difference between what FSU did and what Bama did. I mean, look, I mean, FSU schedules, a t they 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 schedule teams. They don't have to schedule. I mean, they went to LSU last year, beat LSU. Played LSU at a neutral site this year and beat LSU. Um, they schedule uh, Florida every year, beat Florida this year. Florida's not very good, but it's still a tough place to go and win in the swamp. I mean, Florida beat that Tennessee team that Alabama beat. So, you know, what does that tell you? Next year, FSU will, uh, will play Notre Dame out of conference. So it's not like they go out and schedule a bunch of whack teams like Michigan did. Um, you got Southern Mississippi, and North Alabama. That's the only non-Power 5 games that FSU had. Michigan played ECU, UNLV, Bowling Green in the first three games. Alabama played Middle Tennessee State, South Florida, and Chattanooga. So they had three non-Power 5 games as well. FSU only played two non-Power 5 games. So – if you um, you know, if you run into any Michigan fans or Bama fans or just fans from those conferences in general, 
And, you know, I, like, I, like I said, I had a Michigan fan tell me on uh, social media the other night that if FSU played Michigan schedule, they would have four losses. And I, I mean, really, what, what are we talking about here, bro? What are we talking about here? Um, so I'm not all about, I'm not about just talking stuff just to be talking, you know, whenever, whenever it comes down to it, I can show you the stats, show you the logic and give you concrete reasons as to why FSU schedule was more difficult overall than Michigan and comparable to Alabama. It's, I look, I'm not here to, I'm not here to, to defend the ACC, you know, as an FSU fan, we don't do that. We don't, we don't do that corny stuff like SEC teams do. We don't root for other ACC teams. I'm a Florida State fan. You know, forget the ACC. It's a trash conference because they don't care about football, and that's why they are in the position they're in now. But FSU's always been a football school, always will be a football school. And so that's why you've seen the response from FSU fans since the snubbing on Sunday. So in the last video that I did, I talked about, you know, coming, you know, you know, stopping the the, the whining and complaining and all that good stuff, um, but take action and to go and donate to the Battles in Rising Spear, whatever, whatever you want to donate to, but basically support the players and, and the team and, you know, Shout out to the battles, uh, battles in. Uh, I saw the last numbers, and it looks like that they are approaching 3,500 uh, supporters, which was, I think, right at a thousand or so a couple weeks ago. So not only not only has FSU fans, you know, kind of took that challenge and you know got up off the mat, and you know they're ready to fight. I mean, they they are look. <laughs> that's going to make a big difference whenever you start talking about accumulating talent from the portal and then, you know, securing these high school, um, high school guys uh, in 2024 and beyond. And um, yeah, that's what you want to see. I mean, if you, like I said, if you can get any positive out of the snubbing, look, like I said, I still feel terrible for those guys. I mean, you would, they went through hell this season. A lot of guys played banged up and, you know, shout out to those guys. I mean, I mean, you know, they went through hell playing and just thinking that as long as they won, they were going to get an opportunity to play for a national championship and it got snatched away from them. Um, but also, you know, shout out to the guys that are, you know, deciding to go on. I um, saw that Johnny Wilson is going to declare for the NFL draft. Um, looks like he's going to be a top 100 pick, which is incredible because when you think about it, Johnny Wilson said himself that nobody wanted him out of the transfer portal when he went in there. I think he said he had one school that maybe reached out to him before FSU did. And I know there was a lot of people that were questioning that take at the time because they had heard from some coaches, you know, something, blah, 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 blah. And it was so crazy at the time. I remember thinking we had just, you know, we didn't sign any high school players in that uh, prior class, 2021. And so I knew we had to go to the portal. And I'm like, guys, this guy was a number 116 overall player in the 2020 class, 6'7", 225, 230. Like, you, that doesn't just grow on trees. And, I mean, you know the kid had some natural ability or whatever. The question was, you know, is he going to learn the offense and, you know, you know, be able to contribute or whatever? And I mean, my God, his contributions over the last two years. I mean, you don't, 
you don't win three or four games without Johnny Wilson. I mean, Oklahoma game, you don't win that game without Johnny Wilson. Period. Um, the Louisville game in 2022, the game that Tate Rodemaker had to come in, you don't win that game without Johnny Wilson. You probably don't win the Boston College game this year without Johnny Wilson. He went off in the LSU game, and you kind of got overshadowed because Keon Coleman had three touchdowns, but Johnny Wilson had a 100-yard game, a 100 yard game in that one as well. So if you want to talk about the, the staff developing talent, I mean, Johnny Wilson had like 18 catches for 250 yards and one touchdown at Arizona State. He had a COVID season, and – and I, I know my, my one of my guys uh, in the comment section said that I smacked, so I'm trying to be conscious of that. So excuse me on that. But Johnny Wilson came and he's had nearly 50 catches over the each year in 500 receiving yards and like something like seven or eight touchdowns. I mean, you take that all day long, and that's development. So not only can FSU coaches develop players from the portal. Look at Jared Verse. Look at Johnny Wilson. Look at Trey Benson. Trey Benson came off a horrific injury, and he's been nearly a thousand yard back the last two years. But they can also develop the high school players. Look at AZ Thomas. AZ Thomas is one of the top corners in the, in the conference. Uh, Ronaldo Green, I mean, the list goes on and on. So FSU is in a great position moving forward, as I've said time and time again. But I, you know, I know we're trying to get over this whole snubbing thing and I, like i said i kept hearing some fans you know trying to trying to play or downplay fsu and what they accomplished this year and i was like man look I, let me look into this because there's no when i look at michigan schedules like there's no way that's the toughest schedule there's no way these stats these fei stats are right and so basically fei measures if you play a bunch of crap teams and you beat them basically it measures the point differential so i'm like well if you do if you play nine trash teams yeah it's going to be a large differential um so that should rank you high right um but again when you look at um the um fei and then f plus combined i mean that kind of gives you a more accurate picture because you, it is opponent adjusted and it does take out garbage time and things like that so um there it is, man. There's no, there's no way you can dispute that. I mean, you like I said, you're talking about an easy schedule for the first nine weeks for Michigan. Play basically three teams. You're healthy because you played a soft schedule for the first nine weeks. Again, Alabama, you know, they did play a tougher schedule, but at the same time, you know, they ha they have been acquiring talent uh, over the years, and so they have depth that can withstand um, injuries and things like that. And so that's where FSU is is lacking and where they're trying to play catch up and they're transitioning into that um, as far as taking less transfer portal players and then bringing in more high school players. But that's what you will see in the, in, in the bowl game. And the crazy thing is I don't even know who's going to play in the bowl game for FSU. I mean, you've had several guys to already hit the portal. Some of them were, probably were not going to play anyway, but Johnny Wilson, you know, he, he's not going to play, but he's a starter. Keon Coleman probably not going to play. He's a starter. Uh, I would doubt that Jaheim Bell plays. He's a starter. Marquise and Douglas probably would have got some time since Jaheim Bell's uh, going to be gone. He's in the portal. And um, that is where the difference is going to come 
when you when you're playing a team like Georgia or Bama or whatever, whenever you have whenever you take the the top, you know, 25 to 26 players away, those teams because they have been established longer as far as recruiting at a really high level, that's where the difference is uh, in the two deep and those guys uh, on the depth chart there. So it'll be interesting to see who who plays for FSU. Uh, I know they're working the portal. Uh, seems like there's a mo- some momentum there uh, with acquiring some key players. Uh, I know the whole saga with Patrick Payton. And, you know, I, I told people last night when all this stuff went down, and I'm recording this Thursday night, by the way, so that was uh, – I'm sorry, Wednesday night. That was Tuesday night when all that went down. And I was like, you know, the battle's in – they do a re- really good job of a, of keeping who they want to keep. And then if somebody wants to go, if they feel like they're not valuable enough to keep, then they'll let them go. And they haven't been wrong yet, really. And so I felt like if they were like willing to let him go, then either his value won't what they thought it was, or, you know, he was just asking for a crazy amount of money. So it sounds like they're trying to work some things out. You know, we'll see. Uh, but I agree with what the battles in is doing. They're not they're not dummies. Uh, it's a business. You can't go out there and just overpay someone. You can't allow one player who thinks their value is higher than what it is to throw off your whole collective and, and how you approach business. It's, it's terrible business sense. Um, so I trust those guys. I'm sure they'll get some some quality players from the portal and along with closing this 2024 recruiting class really strong. So Again, I just wanted to to get that out there as far as this narrative that the, the FSU played a soft schedule or they played a lot of trash teams. Again, when you look at it in totality, uh, their schedule was was more difficult than Michigan's in in the vicinity of Alabama. So they deserve to be there. They went undefeated, and I'll always believe that. I'll I'll never th- I'll never accept the fact that how the committee did that team that's that's ridiculous they deserve to be there but again we can't do anything about it i mean look we're going to play in the orange bowl whoever goes down there as far as the team goes we'll we'll support them um see how it shakes out but um like i said now the, the charge is if you if you're not contributing to the collective or what have you um every little bit helps and i would encourage you to do so and again, if you feel like this was uh, informative to you or it was entertaining, uh, we would appreciate you know, any any contributions, what have you. And if not, it's all good. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, you know, we're just here as a passion of mine, and I enjoy um, talking about FSU football. So should have another video uh, in the next day or so, I would think, hopefully, just depending on what news breaks and if there's any acquisitions or departures and all of this stuff. And until then, go knows. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.